Today, I'm joined by Marcia Knight-Lasher, who is a marketing executive with One Vision Health. She has published a poetry chapbook entitled Ramblings External with Samson Lowe and has featured poems in various online publications such as 3AM Magazine and The Seething Geographer. She has performed at many poetry events in venues such as Rose Theatre, Rich Mix and the Museum of Futures. Thank you so much for joining me, Marcia. Um, as an introduction, please, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yes, so I guess my professional background has been relatively short, um, as it wasn't too long ago, just a couple of years that I graduated from Kingston University. Um, so I've been a marketing executive for around almost a year now. Um, prior to that, whilst I was at uni, I was working as a volunteer bid writer for a little while, as well as just at a tennis club as an assistant part time. So I've had a variety of different jobs um, before that, but really marketing executive executive is the first one I'd consider professional though while at uni I was also media officer for a couple of societies in a sports club which gave me a lot of chance to experiment with social media prior to getting involved in marketing. That's fantastic sounds like you've been um, accomplishing quite a bit and I can also see that you write poetry as well so um, can you tell us a little bit about what inspires you? Yeah, so I write and perform poetry. Um, I really enjoy performing it because I quite like to bring visual aspects into my poetry and physicality. Um, my inspiration really comes from just the world around me and my own unfiltered thoughts. I quite like expressing those, hence the title Ramblings External, um, and just having a medium in which I don't really need to filter myself or edit myself down in any way. That's great. Uh, I mean, it sounds, um, you know, that you're very thoughtful, that you're reflecting on the world around you. Um, let's let's have a bit of an internal reflection. And I'm going to ask you about your experiences as a young carer for your mother and siblings. What were your early experiences like? Um, so it was quite a strange time, I guess, looking back on it. But for me, it was basically the norm. Um, for a long time, I didn't see myself as a young carer. It wasn't until that term was told to me when they were uh, social services, sorry, that's what I mean by they, uh, were initially suggesting some form of support that they brought the term quite a carer to me before I just saw it as my role in the family. So I was given emotional and mental health support, I guess, to my own mum. And then medical support, as she's got uh, severe COPD, and medical support to my siblings as well, as they've got digestive health problems. Um, so I was helping with quite a range of tasks at home as well as helping, you know, keep the home clean, uh, cooking, doing odd jobs in the neighbourhood to raise a little bit of money to go towards shopping, that sort of thing, as we weren't, we didn't have the most money, to be honest, either. That sounds like that you were a very resilient child. And at what age, Marcia, were you, um, were you sort of fulfilling those roles? And it's quite a few roles, you know, you're being a carer to your mother and to your siblings. Um, and, you know, as you're saying, you're looking at sort of odd jobs around the neighborhood as well. So what, what age did this start? Uh, it's difficult to pinpoint an age um, because it is essentially as long as I could remember in my childhood. Um, I guess I took on more and more responsibility as I aged, but 
I can remember, for example, from the age of like six, calling the ambulance for my mum late at night because she was having a COPD flare-up or an asthma attack. Um, so really, as long as I can remember, until I came into foster care at the age of 13, I was fulfilling those responsibilities. Goodness. Um, Marcia, I'm, I'm very humbled that you're sharing your experiences with us. Um, how... How did you get through this as a child? Because essentially at times you were being very responsible in a very grown-up um, sense, sense, sense of a way. So what got you through those experiences as a child? I guess a part of it was just not really realising the impact of what I was doing until after I left the situation. I, I didn't really see it as much of a big deal, to be honest, at the time. I did think my life at times was a little difficult, but I had not known anything else. So I guess I had nothing to compare it to. I didn't really have too much time for friends. So I, I didn't have a lot of time to compare my experiences to others, though I did read a lot um, at night, which I found was quite helpful. So it gave me a chance to escape. Um, and I just, yeah, I made time, I guess, for reading and having a little escape moment at night, um, which I, I'd say probably is what got me through. <laughs> Oh, well, it's interesting that you say that because I was a young carer for my mother as well. And reading was one of one of those passions that I had and just kind of learning about the world around us. And I found personally that a lot of the rules of life that I understood were from books, which later on, as I was uh, growing up, you know, I had to kind of learn <laughs> common sense, etc. <laughs> find did you find that, you know, I would say a lot of my pedagogy, a lot of my upbringing was from books. Would you, would you identify with that? Would you say that, you know, as a young carer, in a way you were sort of not only looking after your mom and your siblings, but kind of bringing yourself up in kind of maturing in kind of learning through books? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I guess, learned how people should act in a family from books um, and sort of what were sensible things to do. I do resonate with um, a minor lack of common sense, uh, which I would say still occasionally carries on today. Um, books helped with that a little, although I feel like they were more of a wider life education. Um, and I really escaped into a, a variety of genres as well. So I feel like I got almost an education from reading and that helped me develop as who I was. I was taking parts of my favourite characters and thinking, oh, that person's so independent, that person knows themselves quite well, that's how I want to be. This person's very confident, that's how I want to be. And I think that gave me a bit of strength in character, to be honest, just taking bits of my favourite characters and being like, that's how I want to be, that's how I'm going to grow myself. That's fascinating. I think, you know, um, sort of those insights that you've shared. I mean, as a young carer, there's an element of vulnerability. So would you say that the society at large or the, the, the intimate community that you had around you and the society at large, knowing that, you know, that you're a young carer, knowing that some of the things that you are sort of um, learning and reading about are, are by yourself, you know, you're being resilient, you're being resourceful, 
um, you're trying to survive and thrive at the same time. Do you find that you were supported in your vulnerabilities by society, by, you know, immediate the people that were around you immediately and society at large? How were the perceptions and, you know, the impact that it had on you? Um, I would say sort of yes and no. So we had a good, my mother had a good family friend um, and she would often give some insights and that to an extent I feel like protected potentially some vulnerabilities. But at the same time, I would say there wasn't really anybody considering that for me. Um, there were times I attempted to share my experiences and, you know, students would mock and bully teachers wouldn't believe me and would think that I was making it up um so on the other hand I, I think that wasn't I wasn't protected either um because there were there were times when I did view myself as an adult when I shouldn't have and so when I did have finally a time an evening to see a friend for example I'd walk home at a young age for example at midnight 1am on my own because I thought you know what's the harm I'm just going from one house to another and looking back on it at that age, I definitely shouldn't have been walking home on my own at that time. Um, and in compared to what I was like reading and consuming, if I saw a film on TV, no one was hugely monitoring that. So I suppose I was exposed to some adult themes, let's say, at a younger age. And in that extent, I had no one filtering that out for me. Um, so it's it's really interesting that you mention in depth you know those experiences and some of those resonate especially the feeling of not being believed because I feel young carers go through so much you know you're dealing with things on a daily basis you're dealing with things long term as well and people who have not firsthand had those experiences sometimes do find it difficult you mentioned that at school sometimes your teachers or the pairs might not actually understand the fact of you know of all the things that you went through and you felt that perhaps you were not believed I think this really resonates with me in the sense that I've come across um, you know certain elements in society where they think you actually haven't gone through this you're far too intelligent intelligent to go through it and I've thought well intelligence has no discourse on the events that are going to go in through your life, what's going to happen is going to happen. So how did you deal with that? How did you deal with people as a child and as an adult now who did not acknowledge those experiences, not only just not acknowledge them, but, you know, not, not believing them when it's not their place to make that judgment. How did you deal with that, Marcia? Well, so as a child, I, got frustrated a lot um I stopped sharing my experiences and I just thought as a more of a harsh mentality of you know what they can they can go do one uh, that was to be honest my mentality as a child I just thought if you're not going to believe me why am I going to bother telling you um because like you said it's not their place to not believe me and I honestly didn't understand why they would think that I would make such things up or where I would get such ideas if that wasn't my lived experience um, as an adult, I've experienced less so um, people not believing me and more just disbelief in the sense of, oh, that seems like a lot to have gone through, uh, which doesn't, I guess, quite resonate with me because I find it hard to think of it as a lot, e even now. Um, other people see it, but I just, it was my normal experience. 
as an adult, though, when others have shared not believing or they think potentially a part of my life story is exaggerated, I do at least have that peace of mind of that is your opinion. You can totally believe that if you would like to. That doesn't change my lived experience. It doesn't change my reality growing up. Um, what I went through, what I've overcome, where I am now, I feel like I've got a lot of growing left to do. And it'll always be, I think, my own opinion of who I am now that matters and those who are actually close to me and have that level of respect, well, they will believe what I'm sharing. So I do think if people are going to instinctively disregard what I've said, just because they've decided it doesn't sound real to them because they've had, to be honest, the privilege of not living that way, that is completely their choice to believe that. And if they won't respect that I have lived that, then I just think fair dues to them. They can go on with their life. They just simply don't need to be in mine. Ultimately, Marcia, you know, you've you've been um, a life support. You've been a life support for your family and for yourself. And it's a very, uh, it, you know, it's a very um, noble thing that you've you've done for yourself and for your family and a lot of times it's people's projection people mm. are projecting it's because i would say they're not they don't have those enrichment in their life they don't have those experiences so they're not able to comprehend because their horizon is so small your horizon is has expanded out of the experiences that you've gone through you're an incredibly intelligent young woman you know you've achieved quite a lot in a short space of time which is incredible despite the challenges that you've gone through so those achievements speak for themselves you know what you what you have endured and what you've overcome because those are facts those are facts that you've lived in your life and if people are not able to accept that because their horizon is so small or their, um, their experience, circle of experience is so limited, then I would say, well, actually, I would feel sorry for them because I've experienced this. And initially, it was a case of trying to explain, trying to prove myself, trying to give evidence upon evidence. And there was a point when I thought, no, actually, hold on. I don't have to justify my lived experiences to somebody else. I know exactly all the challenges that I've gone through and equally all the successes and how hard we've had to work at it to achieve that. So I think it's absolutely brilliant that you've shared this. And hopefully, you know, if there are young carers that are listening to us, they'd be able to take away that message that despite those obstacles, despite people's perceptions, what really matters is how you see yourself because ultimately you know what you've experienced. Um, so we talked about your early experience and I'm so grateful you shared that, Marcia. What is your perspective now? So my perspective now, I guess, is Yes, I went through a fair amount looking back on it. Um, like you said, I feel like I did gain quite a lot from it. Um, though just going back what you said about uh, feeling sorry for them, I guess I, I do wish people could be more understanding, though to an extent I am happy for others because if they can't quite understand uh, my experiences, if they can't quite comprehend what I've been through, that does at least tell me, you know, you 
you probably haven't been through something maybe quite as difficult or challenging and I'm happy for them. Um, I'm, I just, I, while I won't invite that into my life, if they're going to be negative at the same time, it's hard for me to think, Oh, you know, I, I wish you'd experienced what I had, you know, I wish you'd developed the strengths. Cause I think everybody does get there. Um, some people a little sooner than others. And I think that is a benefit that comes from growing up quickly, but at the same time, I do wish I'd had more of my childhood and that's something I've brought into being an adult is not quite letting the confines of what's expected of adults um, to rest on my life. You know, if there's a a moment where it's appropriate, where I want to skip down the street, I'm just going to damn well do it. And I think those restrictions on our life and what's expected in society, those minor restrictions where appropriate, we can disregard because half the time the people around you are complete strangers you'll never see again so why would you feel self-conscious about humming a song that's stuck in your head or doing something minor that's actually just going to make yourself happy um and that's really the things I've brought into now is letting myself have an experience where I can just do something to make myself happy and that's not going to be something I guilt myself for or think oh you're too old to be doing that. If I watch a family film, for example, that's catered more towards children, I enjoy it. I'm certainly not going to judge myself because why wouldn't I let myself have an opportunity to just relax and not take on something serious for a second? I think it's absolutely brilliant, Marcia, that you know you are in control, you have a grasp of your journey. And you command it, and you command it beautifully, and you have such a positive and um, empathetic outlook. I think it's really endearing what you said, that you're happy for others, when in a sense that, that they can't understand it, um, because they've not had those similar experiences, and you wouldn't wish it on them. I think that's very noble of you. Um, my sort of perspective on that would be that, yes, I would agree with you on that. However... For the people that would knowingly know that a young carer is vulnerable from the backgrounds that we have, because we, you know, develop certain things and certain things are not developed. Like, like we didn't have a full sense of childhood at Mm. times, you know, sometimes we revert back to it. Some people in a way to intimidate or bully. And this is something that I've seen that sometimes, um, mental well-being and uh, wellness is marketed by people who have not experienced such uh, lived experiences but it's 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 a very short span of patience and then at times there are those taunts all that psychological bullying and trauma that can seep into society so what would be your perspective on that No, I can definitely relate to that. I think some people do have a short-sighted mindset when it comes to mental health. It's something great for them to say and promote, but they don't quite comprehend what they're saying. I would say I've definitely experienced, you know, the bullying, the put-downs, where people just, they see you and decide that you are an outsider, and so that is how they'll treat you. Um, And certainly limited expectations. I've experienced that. I had a teacher once try to talk me out of going to university because they assumed I wouldn't be able to deal with the pressure. And I just thought, what a ridiculous assumption. I've been through all of this. I handled so much pressure as a child. 
why would you think I suddenly can't cope with that now um, as a foster child as I was at the time? Um, so for me, I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to have to prove you wrong. Um, although that wasn't a, a strong thought, I guess. Some people really do get motivated by proving others wrong. And I think that's definitely valid. Um, but for me, it was also proving to myself and just showing, you know, why on earth couldn't I do it? Um, so I went to university, graduated with a first, and I just thought that I'm very happy with that. You know, I didn't feel the need to reach out to the said teacher and say, oh, I graduated. And not only that, I graduated with a first, which is exactly what I set my mind to. Um, and I did it whilst attending many different society events, having many roles within the university, and I just thought for me, you know, that means I can be proud of myself and it gives me confidence moving on within my professional career, knowing my capabilities and being able to say, actually, I can relate to this and I can use this. It's fantastic. You're determined, you're resilient, um, you're focused and you're focused for the right reasons as well, um, you know, in terms of not just not not a case of proving others wrong, but you're doing it for yourself, which is what matters. And what an incredible achievement to get a first. Um, absolutely inspired by it, Marcia. What is your outlook in terms of what do you think can be done to improve um, things for the current young carers? What kind of things could be done? Or what, what, would, what do you see as a future of mental well-being, how can it evolve to really be as supportive as as it's said to be? So I think that's multifaceted. I think we have to raise awareness of what young carers go through and not quite normalise it, but help people understand it in a way that they don't pass judgment when it's not appropriate. And I think there are very few times when it's appropriate. And they can be more empathetic to the lived experiences of their peers, um, both in childhood and as adults when they're sharing experiences. And then I think for a young carer, just other things brought in like more respite opportunities, chances to meet others like them or the young people, as well as adults who can give feedback looking back. I think both would be equally useful, um, but certainly just a chance to have a break get a bit of your childhood in you know whether it's just running around having a little pgl weekend just small things like that where you can have others who relate to your experiences so you know they're not going to judge you and a chance to really enjoy your childhood every now and then i think looking back at least on my time in foster care that was one thing that i found extremely beneficial was just living with others who could relate to some of my struggles even though we had vastly different experiences that was really the key thing that made me feel at home there um, and made me feel stable in an, an environment that typically isn't as seen as a stable environment. Journey and how you experienced it and the outlook that you have is incredibly inspiring. I've certainly learned a lot from your journey. There are parts that I identify with and I'm sure there are different parts of your journey that other young carers may identify with as well. Um, I think, you know, it's so important, like you said, to raise awareness, to share our experiences, because when we do that, it makes things less isolating. It kind of says, well, 
oh, I didn't realize you also went through that. I thought mm-hmm. I was the only one. So it creates this community and support. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, as last words, you know, what would you, um, what would be the, you know, what would be your last words? What would be your message at the end of this podcast? I think that it's okay to struggle with it. I think you don't always have to be strong. Um, I certainly experienced moments coming out of my experience coming into foster care where actually I had almost, uh, I could say, a breakdown where it was just everything suddenly hit me, the enormity of it. And I think actually a little breakdown every now and then can be healthy. Um, It can help you process things. And I think that's definitely not something to be guilty of. We all talk about the things we've done, the great accomplishments, but actually it can really seriously affect your mental health. And you might not feel those repercussions for years. And that's okay to reflect on those and take time to actually go, you know what, it was a lot and I'm allowed to feel that you know, and really take that time to process it. That was one thing I didn't have much time to do as a childhood was process my own emotions because I just had to be there for everybody else. And then going into my teenage years with that support system of social services, my foster carers, I essentially had to be taught how to process my own emotions and how to feel things um, more full on when they're related to me and my struggles. And so I think asking for the support of others, and even if you don't feel comfortable doing that, finding a way to reflect on your own experiences is extremely healthy. And it's also, I think, healthy just to just to have that little breakdown every now and then. I do think there's a value in picking yourself back up and seeing how hard it is for yourself and appreciating what you've been through.